Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And as always, this is the podcast where we talk about and share the very best in video game music. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Today we have a very exciting and quite special topic of discussion. The theme of today's episode is RPGs. Wow, such a massive topic. Really, I feel like if you're going to talk about what's the best genre of video games that produce some of the most impressive music, I would have to say RPGs. Well, absolutely, because I think RPGs chronologically are really some of the oldest games that have had a more impressive story and a focus on storytelling and narrative. And that's really the aspect where video game music can really shine to be supportive. I agree. What's so great is RPGs are really where some of the best themes and some of the best music for games really are are held by those RPG titles. Yeah, one thing that I'd like to say is I think it's so impressive how far this goes back. I mean, when we got to the age of, like, let's say the SNES or the Sega Genesis, you were starting to get some music that was a little bit more film score reminiscent, right. taken seriously. But what's crazy, as far as RPGs goes, I mean, that was really common even back in the NES. Like, a lot of these old soundtracks, I feel like something like Fire Emblem, for example. I mean, that main theme, that sounds like right out of a film score. You oh, know? totally. And I think it's because these games are taken seriously. There are these long, legendary adventures. So it makes sense that the music is going to be taken seriously, too. Well, in one One thing that I want to talk about is with a lot of RPGs, uh, when we think about these RPGs, especially a lot of Japanese RPGs, um, we tend to find sort of common themes and common aesthetics of the worlds that they sort of are trying to represent and create. And that's really important to discuss because it's very relevant to how a lot of the composers would approach scoring the game and their approach to the music. You know, often when we think of RPGs, we think of that sort of mythological... Um, medieval times, medieval sort of, for sure. Yeah. yeah, this sort of medieval world where you have elves and dragons, <laughs> and sort of like a world similar to something like Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. And one reason why that's really important to discuss is because, as far as the music, there's many techniques that a composer can do to evoke that style. One of the most prominent of which is the use of something called the Dorian mode. And the Dorian mode is a scale that's essentially different from a major and minor. So you have some of those darker elements that make up a minor scale, but also some of those more hopeful elements that make up a major scale. Yeah, it really is a combination of both scales, and it's, it's, it creates a very unique sound that we're so used to hearing in, in films anytime you're trying to evoke that old classic emotion. So that's something you're going to hear a lot today. Another thing is that there's definitely room for goofiness, for quirkiness, for celebration in a lot of these games. So not all the music is going to be serious. A lot of the music is going to be very playful and colorful. So in general, this is going to be a very diverse playlist. And as you guys may know, I mean, we could do 40 volumes of RPG music. There's so many phenomenal series, phenomenal games with great soundtracks. So oh, we yeah, just absolutely. what we just tried to do is is pick a playlist that's a combination of yes, some absolute classics that you guys will know and love and that you already are going to be fans of, as well as maybe some soundtracks that oh yeah, I guess that is an RPG, maybe something you wouldn't right. first think well, of. Well, and also we sort of wanted to break a little bit away from having soundtracks with that same sort of Dorian mode in that entire medieval Aesthetic. We wanted to feature some RPG games that were RPG in nature of the gameplay and the mechanics, but as far as um, the plot and as far as the locations and sort of the themes around the visuals and sort of the aesthetics of the game, that may be something a little bit in sort of a new territory when we think of RPGs. Well, a really good example would probably be the track we played in with. That's Mario and Luigi, Partners in Time. That was a track called The Time Machine, composed by Yoko Shimomura. That's a really interesting example because it doesn't really sound like RPG music. It just kind of sounds like Mario music. So it's always nice to have that variety. So we're going to start things off with probably one of the most classic RPGs of all time. This is Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. This soundtrack was, of course, composed by the legendary Yasunori Mitsuda. Let's take a listen to a really cool track that we have yet to play so far. This is Kingdom Trial. Enjoy. Thank you. 
You're listening to Kingdom Trial from the game Chrono Trigger, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. You're hearing some of the nice reverb effects that actually was possible on the SNES. It did have a reverb effect that was built into that system. One thing that I think is really impressive, talking about some of the technical sounds of this piece, that mandolin sample. I think the way that it's utilized is pretty darn impressive. You're having that really fast, plucked crescendo sound of that mandolin. Just very impressive stuff. Yeah, it definitely gives it a very distinct sort of color to that melody. Also, sort of rhythmically, how fast it's sort of plucked. Right. But one thing that's so great about this soundtrack is that um, for the fact that it is on the Super Nintendo, it was really one of the earliest points in video games where you were actually able to authentically capture a very sort of modern and a very respectable instrumentation. You know, we have music on the NES and earlier stuff on the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis that has a definite um, intention as far as its instrumentation goes, but with something like Chrono Trigger, it's a very authentic orchestral arrangement. You get those lush string parts, very well-written parts, Um, But as far as the composition, it's orchestrated very well, and you have a lot of very sort of mature harmonics going on with some sort of advanced modulation in other things. And that really extends into both the composition and the instrumentation in the soundtrack. Well, we've talked so much about Chrono Trigger. We've talked about how incredibly sophisticated it is musically and how Yasunori was able to implement these samples really in one of the most impressive ways that I've ever heard on the Super Nintendo, a track like Secret of the Forest might be one of the most uh, extreme cases of that, just how he's able to just very subtly and tastefully use these samples, and it's not really going, it's not really trying to show off, but it really ends up being one of the most impressive showcases of the Super Nintendo, and this is a really nice track, because it starts off with a little bit more of a sparser, smaller instrumentation, you have that flute sound, that mandolin, with just some, you know, some soft strings in the background, but then that B section, you start to get more strings coming in, and it kind of feels like more of an orchestral sound right well something that i like about this is it like you mentioned it is that orchestral sound but it starts off it's a little bit you know restrained and i think that's something that's really cool they're not trying to have constantly you know all guns blazing very intense action oriented orchestral music you know they have those pizzicato strings in that very playful dancey little melody you know around it it's quite fantastic we're now going to move on to Dragon Quest II. Now, this was known as Dragon Warrior in North America. This is an incredibly well-loved series of RPG games. This is the second game, and we're going to play a track from the MSX2 version of this soundtrack. Similar sounds to the NES, a little bit more clean sounds here. We're going to play a track called Traveling with Friends, and this was composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Enjoy. <laughs> listening to Traveling with Friends, and this is from the MSX2 version of Dragon Quest 2, also known as Dragon Warrior 2, composed by Koichi Sugiyama, the Dragon Quest composer. And this is a really nice example of what I was talking about, where music from the 8-bit era that was really cutting edge as far as video game music goes, because this sounds a lot more reminiscent of something you'd hear in a light-hearted 90s film. Now, this particular song may not be the strongest example of that, but if you listen to this whole soundtrack, there's a lot of tracks that really sound like heartwarming film score. There's actually one particular track, if you guys are interested in checking out the soundtrack, that really sounds like uh, the theme to Forrest Gump, actually. Kind of a fun fact. Mm. But yeah, this is a really delightful piece of music. Absolutely wonderful melody in this piece. In uh, some very interesting syncopated rhythms and also some triplet rhythms going right. on in both the melody and the accompaniment. And it's just a wonderful effect that game music can do when you have um, sort of all parts accentuating those triplet 
rhythms. It really makes it cut out and feel special rhythmically. And sort of like something that we mentioned on our Human Touch episode, sometimes having those syncopated rhythms and those triplet rhythms make it feel a little bit more uh, emotional and human Mm -hmm. and a little bit less digital and linear. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah, and I believe the first Dragon Quest track so far in our podcast that we've played. So today is going to be kind of a fun day because there's going to be a few series that is going to be firsts for us. You know, this is the first time we've got to feature a track from this series. uh, So that's very exciting for us. Let's move on to Secret of Mana. Now, this is um, personally for me, I feel like Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger are the two biggest, most legendary RPGs on the Super Nintendo. I mean, I guess other than the Final Fantasies. So it's really great that we're going to play a track from this. We're going to play, I think, the opening track uh, of this game. It's called Angel's Fear, and this was composed by Hiroki Kakuda. Please enjoy Angel's Fear from Secret of Mana. Angel's Fear from Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo, composed by Hiroki Kakuda. That is such a beautiful piece of music. It's such a fun little example of what makes video game music unique from all other kinds of music. And yeah, this piece is taken very seriously. And okay, it's orchestral and it's reminiscent of other genres of music, maybe something like film score, some classical influence. But what's so cool and something that you wouldn't hear in a film is you have an electric bass mixed in with those strings and those piano sounds. It's such a quirky combination of instruments that you just wouldn't have in anything else other than video game music. Well, I think something that's nice about the Super Nintendo is that it sort of has that uniform, compressed... Uh, digitized sound to it. Right. The way the specific types of compression that the SNES naturally does to all of those instrument samples just makes them sound almost like instrument settings for a specific, very high fidelity sound chip. Yeah. And what's really nice is because there's that sort of blend naturally, organically to the instruments, you can combine, you know, an electric bass sound with a piano sound and string and still not really lose um, its footing as far as keeping your engagement. It doesn't feel like too eclectic of a mix to the point where it starts to sound uh, silly or maybe starts to, like, break down Oh, absolutely. It still, it still retains the emotion that it's trying to get the player to feel... Um, Just talking musically about this piece, I think it's one of the most impressive pieces of music in this entire game. Now, I know this is one of the opening main themes of this game, and you can really tell that uh, Kakuda really took this piece seriously. And I would imagine spent a long time really trying to craft these melodies because they're very solid, and they really feel like classic 16-bit era RPG music. It's really just absolutely legendary music that really goes along with the emotions that the game itself is making the 
the player feel through the dialogue, through the characters, right. through the interactions that you're having. And this music just kind of is the icing on the cake. Well, it really is one of the more classic melodies. And um, it's just, like you mentioned, it is so well crafted. Just those first few notes, na, na, na. Mm-hmm. Wonderful jump. Just that alone is fantastic. But you have that delay sound on the piano, which almost gives it a little bit, dun, 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 which gives it a little bit of syncopation. But then dun, the following dun, notes. Dun, dun, dun. What I think is so interesting about this melody is how it's able to walk the line between mysterious, right. but also there's a lot of hope in this melody. Exactly. And it's constantly going back and forth. And there's a lot of instrument changes. You know, it passes right. the instrument to that flute. You know, it's very uh, cinematic is definitely a word that I would use to describe this piece, which is, I think, why it's kind of reminiscent of film music. But also, like you mentioned, what's just so great about video games is that you're really able to have this eclectic um, variety of instruments, really anything at your disposal, and it all just sort of blends really nicely. Yeah, just really creative chords, too. So much modulation. It doesn't stay in one key the whole song. Um, far from it it really goes all over the place and that's really the best way to to have that mixture of emotions like i talked about the mysterious and the sad with the hopeful and the rousing you really can't do that if you just stay in one key you right. know so really impressive stuff let's move on to kingdom hearts we're really jumping in the future here to the ps2 one of the early games to come out for the ps2 i believe this first game came out in what 2001 maybe 2002 pretty early yeah, this on this really is the uh, kingdom hearts games are sort of some of the best music that you'd get in a more modern rpg yoko shimamura obviously she's just legendary and she's worked back in the 16-bit era on rpgs yeah such and as her like... work on kingdom hearts is just incredible oh, and yeah. it's so well loved i mean there's probably a lot of you guys listening to this right now i know a lot of you are big fans of this series so we're going to get to the music here we're going to play a track from the very first game this is a really fun track called traverse town composed by the legendary yoko shimamura enjoy fun piece is called Traverse Town from Kingdom Hearts for the PS2 composed by Yoko Shimomura. Really one of the most peaceful, calming tracks, not only in this game, but really I think in this whole series, there's something so peaceful about this. I really want to stay in this world as long yeah. as possible. The instrument choice is very fantastic. Again, nice soprano just, sax. Yeah, it's just showing you, you know, a leap forward, and once you have more real instrumentation, video games can still have a more eclectic instrumentation. And, and it's cool like, that, that the emotions of this piece doesn't change because of the fact that there's real instruments. Right. It still sounds like this would fit at home in the 16-bit era. Oh, yeah. And what's great also about something like Kingdom Hearts is every sort of track and every little tune in the game can have its own instrumentation right. specific to those emotions. But I think something that's really remarkable about the Kingdom Hearts series, something that's just so strange, and it's just perfect for video games, a type of combination that you probably wouldn't see in any other medium, but the Kingdom Hearts series is a mixture of the Disney world and all of the Disney franchises mm -hmm. with the Final Fantasy world. And they're it's so like Disney and different. Square crossover. Yeah, you'd it's never crazy. really, you'd never really think of those two things coming together. But the important thing is that both of those companies have such a strong musical tradition. That's a very good point. So, so it's really important that a composer such as Yoko Shimomura would really try to respect both of those lineages. But 
as much as both of those companies have a history of very fantastic music, they're very different, very different. in approach and sort of cultural context as well. Well, it's interesting, the Western versus Eastern, and it's so, right. it's so interesting in every aspect of that, this game is able to have a great combination of yeah. those different influences well, and music, definitely. As, as far as the actual harmonics and the melodies and stuff, it doesn't really feel like a mix between Disney and a composer like Nobuo Uematsu, but it really does capture some of the magic of Disney, the right. magic of Disney melodies and chords with uh, sort of some of the theory behind like the Final Fantasy music. I think an outsider to the video game industry would probably look at something like Kingdom Hearts. And honestly, this is maybe the opinion I had um, when this game came out is that, oh, this would be a really great moneymaker for kids and it's a really good idea, but I wouldn't imagine that so many people uh, of an older age would really become infatuated with the series and it would be so important to them. And I guess I would even be surprised uh, how important and how big this series was to so many gamers, not just kids, but adults, uh, just everyone of all ages has just been a massive success. So we're going to move on to Ease 2 for the PC-88 classic soundtrack. This soundtrack was composed by Yuzo Koshiro and Miko Ishikawa. The track we're going to play is one of Yuzo Koshiro's. This is one of the opening tracks in the second game. Let's take a listen to a track called To Make the End of Battle. listening to To Make the End of Battle from Ease 2 for the PC-88, and this particular track was composed by Yuzo Koshiro. This is actually one of the first pieces of music that I ever heard uh, when I discovered the music to these first two games. Right. And this piece just really sold me on, okay, this is something that I haven't really heard before. It's something very unique, but what I was so surprised with is how it really was kind of the foundation of so much video game music that I loved that came later. Uh, and it's so crazy that this came out in, what is it, 1987 or 1988? Right. It's wild. Oh, yeah. So many video games from the 90s have such a similar style. But what's something that's so great about RPG games is sort of the combination of the more cinematic, mature, or, you know, orchestral film music aspects of their soundtracks. But also, there's this sort of ever-present rock quality to it. For a lot of the boss themes or a lot of the battle themes, there is this sort of rock sensibility Absolutely. that's almost immediately injected into these games. And I think it's great because I think so many video games usually just have one or the other. And typically it's more that rock sensibility. It's sort of a pop rock theme throughout the entire gameplay experience because most games are action oriented. But what's so great about RPGs is you have moments of action with um, more moments of, you know, stopping to smell the roses. And again, what's so cool, and this is again something that's so unique to video games, is that all of those different influences can coexist on the same soundtrack and in the same world you can have a rocking track like this followed by a track like Fina that really beautiful soft oh, yeah. piece of music and it all exists in the same world it's all the same sound chip it doesn't sound like this crazy hodgepodge of oh now we're going to throw a rock song and then have a, a soft pretty song it, like, well, another it fits thing, together another really thing well. that really helps is so many of the tracks have that Dorian mode yeah. in it they have that sort of scalar connotation that can be carried through with both um, the rock type songs and the more ballad sort of orchestral reminiscent songs. Well, and one thing I think is share that scale. One thing I think 
that works so well about this series and a lot of this kind of era of video game music is that just because this is a rocking track, it's still composed just as thoughtfully as any of the other pieces of music. The chords are very solid. The melody is very solid. Everything about it's not like he's phoning it in and just doing a fun rock track, you know. So we're going to move on to Ogre Battle 64 for, you guessed it, folks, the Nintendo 64. This soundtrack was composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto, Masaharu Iwata and Hayoto Matsuo. Let's take a listen to a really beautiful piece, one of the ending pieces of this game. This is Afterwards. This is Afterwards from Ogre Battle 64, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto, Masaharu Awada, and Hayato Matsuo. Such a beautiful orchestral piece of music. It's so nice to hear this on the N64. There's not a lot of examples of really well-done orchestral music on the N64. I mean, I think Ocarina of Time has has some tracks, but this really technically is, is one of the more impressive soundtracks on this system. Absolutely. Both the part writing and the instrument samples right? are way more advanced than most of the music that you're really going to hear for the Nintendo 64. For example, the string writing's great, but they actually double it with an octave higher, that glockenspiel, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what they do in an orchestra and then they have some counter melodies with woodwinds that are not only written authentically, but the sounds of the instruments are fairly it really feels like the next generation of super nes doesn't it the the way that these samples sound they're so clear they're so dry it's not something like the ps1 where everything is drenched in reverb and they're really trying to mask the fact that they're samples this is it's it's being very confident and comfortable with the limitations i feel I think what's great is uh, so many RPG games really immerse you into a world of magic and sorcery. And I feel like this track especially really helps to capture some of those connotations, both with the harmonics and some of the modulation. It just really gives you a feel of wonderment in magic. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to move on to Fire Emblem. This is the very first game which came out on the NES, composed by Yuka Tsujioko, the Fire Emblem composer. She's absolutely legendary. She's done so many games in this series. We're going to take a listen to the main theme from Fire Emblem. Enjoy. Listening to the main theme from the first Fire Emblem game, also known as Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, 
for the NES, composed by Yuka Tsujioko. Man, this is uh, obviously one of the most famous themes in this series. And again, how fun is this? You're having a very classically inspired, uh, rousing march, but you have those drums in there. And again, it's this kind of quirky combination that you only get this in video game music, you know? Well, I think something that's great is, as far as NES part writing goes, with those three pitched voices, um, there's actually some fairly advanced extended chord sequences that we have going on here and it's just sort of articulated by that um, fantastic melody which sort of outlines the chords mm-hmm. but that bass part working with I guess that other sort of rhythmic line um, but they really sort of create these um, slightly dissonant but very extended jazzy kind of chords but it's really just more implied than it actually is fully fleshed out which but is the really case get the impression so much it. NES music where yeah. it has to be implied with those chords because you can only have a very small number of but voices. But what's so crazy is there's not like um, really intense arpeggiation and lots of yeah, movement. That's it a good feels point. very simple, you know, almost minimalistic, but yet they're able to capture these extended chords. I think it's quite impressive. Well, it's cool. It's like you fill in the gaps in your own mind. Right. It doesn't need to do that for you. It's like we can imagine all the other notes in the chords, you know. Right. So we're going to move on to Suikoden for the PS1. This is a Konami RPG series, and it was really cool because we didn't actually get to feature a track from this series last week, right. so we knew that we really wanted to play a track from this uh, RPG series uh, today. This particular track was composed by Miki Higashino. Very cool stuff. Let's take a listen to the main theme guitar version from Sweet Coden. Enjoy. playing here. This is the main theme guitar version composed by Mickey Higashino from Suikoden for the PS1. This is the first game in this series. I really like this section here. It went to that minor four. Very beautiful kind of pop chords. Right. Very Japanese. Yeah, the guitar is such a beautiful instrument. It can really be so resonant, especially in this context with all of that reverb, but it's such a soaring melody. Uh, But what's so great is it's such a humble context with those two guitars. Yeah. There's something really beautiful and charming about that. What's interesting is this very interesting sound of these guitars. Part of me feels like it's like an amped acoustic guitar because it doesn't really sound mic'd to me. It sounds like it's almost coming through an amp. Uh, but yeah, really nice, really nice, clean sound here that you're getting. Beautiful, beautiful piece of music from a series that we have yet to play on this podcast. So another first for us. We're going to move on to the Sega Genesis. We're going to play only one track from this system today, which isn't too surprising. It wasn't known for having a plethora of RPGs, but this is a very good series with outstanding music. We're going to play a track from Shining Force 2. This was composed by Motowaki Takanochi, and that was the composer that worked on a lot of the Shining Force music. We're going to play a really awesome track called Wandering Warriors from Shining Force 2 for the Sega Genesis.
This is absolutely excellent. You're listening to Wandering Warriors from Shining Force 2, composed by Motowaki Takenochi. Now, he really is making a defense for some people that might say, oh, you know, the Genesis really isn't good for orchestral music. You really can't do that very well in the Genesis. He's really begging to differ here. He's really embracing the technology of the Genesis and making a piece that sounds like John Williams' 80s film score. It's just absolutely a joy to listen to. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I think something that's so great is that I feel like there's a lot of, um, well, I guess not a lot, but there's quite a few RPG soundtracks for the Genesis that really um, just sound like a lot of the music that you hear on the Genesis with sort of that uh, rock style, you know, Mm -hmm. because just those instruments generally work better in that context. But this is really sort of an admirable attempt to bring that orchestral palette to the technology and the hardware of the Sega Genesis. What's so cool is, yes, it reminds me of John Williams a little bit, but you get those Japanese pop influences that obviously you wouldn't get in a lot of Western film music, So it's so, especially in this B section there. It's so great to hear that. Now, this is a great showcase of all of the instruments in the Sega Genesis. Really extensive use of the PSG channel. Uh, and it's really cool because when you're listening to a Sega Genesis soundtrack, you're able to kind of just take it for what it is you're not expecting to hear real instruments so your brain is kind of imagining oh what would that psg be oh maybe that would be a flute oh that maybe that would be a violin and you're kind of again you're filling in the gaps in your own mind and again i think this is just really confident use of the sega genesis sound chip here yeah well, and uh, the part writing is definitely so iconic. Like, for example, that little trill that happened, your your mind just sort of imagines that it's a flute because you've heard of how it it's played. So many times, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, folks, it is time to move on to our track of the week. Right smack dab in the middle of this episode, this is from Final Fantasy V for the Super Famicom, composed by Nobu Uematsu. Let's take a listen to one of the most well-loved tracks in this entire series, and an absolutely quintessential classic RPG piece of music. This is Ahead on Our Way. This is a head on our way from Final Fantasy V for the Super Famicom, composed by Nobu Uematsu. Just such a fitting track of the week. I mean, it was really kind of an easy decision this week, which is going to be track of the week. So many great tracks. This is great RPG music. If you're not familiar, <laughs> the off chance you're not familiar with RPG video game well, music, something that Here I think go. is great is we talked about the Dorian mode. But this track uses almost a scale all its own because <laughs> it does have a little bit of that Dorian mode, but it takes that concept of major and minor to <laughs> this, a whole new level. This uses the Uematsu mode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he created it's it. It's funny, you know, it, the first time I think both Carl and I heard this song, we were very much off-put by sort of the transitioning between major, major and minor, minor yeah. in that introductory section. But there's something so catchy about it. And the more times you listen to it, your brain starts to adjust to it. 
and you actually you crave well, what I have that to extra say harmonic is still stuff. On, a, on a classical theory level, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is incredibly unique. I've never heard that before. It's a brand new technique, really, that I think is incredibly powerful, and it's really cool that he's able to create Oh, yeah, that. it's really effective, and it's such a great melody, too, that I think it's really, it's the best thing for that melody, and it's really yeah. what that melody wants, and it all leads up so perfectly to that... Uh, lush sort of chorus which is my favorite section i mean i gotta say there's not a lot of composers who would come up with something like that with that intro section i think if if nubo uimatsu had a lot more classical training he probably wouldn't have come up with some of that stuff because he's breaking rules that he doesn't necessarily know exist well and again the instrumentation is fantastic you have that electric bass which sounds awesome by the way it really does really great sample and fantastic authentic bass writing but having those strings doing the rhythmic stuff that in my opinion i feel like the chorus the melody of that chorus is probably my favorite final fantasy melody uh of the whole series oh yeah we're gonna move on to xeno gears for the ps1 if you guys are a fan of PS1 RPG music, hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised because, you know, in the course of this podcast, we haven't played a ton of PS1 music, but we have some some really good classic PS1 music for you today. So this is Xenogears, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, awesome composer. This is a track called My Village is Number One. <laughs> Enjoy. This is so much fun. Really, in my opinion, um, at least in my limited knowledge, I think this is one of my favorite PS1 RPG soundtracks. This is Xeno Gears, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Gosh, I love Yasunori Mitsuda. For RPG music, you just can't beat this guy. This is My Village is number one. Yeah, it's so different from his work on the Super Nintendo. But again, he has such a great knowledge of um, what musical instruments bring to a piece and what their combined timbres can create. He was doing it back on the SNES and... He's you know, still doing it. And he's still having still to emulate it. instruments. You yeah. know, he doesn't have a real bagpipe. That's but he's able cool. to have that low droning sound. He's able to have kind of an Irish kind of sensibility. Well, yeah, that's such an interesting part of it when it has that sort of, those bell pitches, that yeah. one in five, that droning, and then the melody's moving around and flourishing around it. One thing I quickly want to say is in this section, this beginning section, really interesting use of meter changes. You actually have two measures of 5-8 followed by two measures of 6-8. If you guys want to go back and listen to that. It's so so interesting, but it just feels so natural and, like, dancey at the same time. Because the subdivisions are all sort of consistent. So you have two five and two six. There's something great. But yet it doesn't feel feel jarring or, like, attention-grabbing. It just feels sort of natural and, like, a little bit of push and pull. Because I think the subdivisions are all sort of consistent in your mind. It's definitely a very good sort of dance. Yeah, kind of a nice jig, isn't it? We're going to move back to the Super Famicom to one of our favorite soundtracks on this podcast, Rudra no Hiho, composed by Ryuji Sasai. Let's take a listen to an absolutely gorgeous piece of music called The Quest for Rudra's Minds. Enjoy. Thank you. 
So beautiful. This is The Quest for Rudra's Minds from the game Rudra no Hiho, released only in Japan, composed by Ryuji Sasai. Something that I really think is fantastic about the soundtrack is Ryuji Sasai really is able to capture the quality of a fantastic Western melody. In Western, I mean American melody, but I also mean Western in the style of like the Old West. Some of this music yeah. feels like something that you'd hear in something like the good, bad, and the ugly. Kind of like Morricone music, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and not necessarily an in instrumentation, but Morricone, his his melodies always have a lot of uh, sustaining elements to them. And as in, they're so melody-driven, aren't well, they? Well, yeah, they're very melody-driven, and there's not a lot of movement for the melodies, but the notes that he lands on are very powerful and triumphant. And this is a track where you really get the sense of a triumphant hero. You also get the sense of how much of an impact this journey has had on this hero. It's, it's really intense. This isn't a light-hearted piece of music. This is very serious. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're going to be going back to, to kind of a Morricone influence later on in today's episode. There's another track that's very Western-influenced. We're going to move on to Final Fantasy Tactics, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Let's take a listen to Battle on the Bridge. solid melody this is composed by hitoshi sakimoto from final fantasy tactics you're listening to battle on the bridge one of the many uh very well done battle themes in this game i believe there's about 16 battle themes in this game this is excellent yeah really fantastic stuff here again some very dynamic use of the orchestra And um, what I love is when you see sort of the evolution of game music, you start to see more and more uses of sort of an orchestral style of music. But what I really like is there's so many different ways. The orchestra itself is so versatile. And throughout the history of music, there's so many different ways it's been utilized to conjure up just a plethora of different emotions. But I think this is just really fantastic. All the rises and falls in emotions here are just so fantastic. That drum part is really good. There's a lot of talent tension in some very dissonant and contrasting moving lines. I think on top of that, it has a very solid melody that is very memorable. You right. know, it's, it's something that fits in the context of video game music because it's not just fitting action score. It is. It is that. But in addition to that, it has a very solid melody and it has a loop point. It's about a 45 second loop. Right. So it's music that really when you think about it you know if you get into the nitty-gritty it is video game music it has a loop point it has a very catchy memorable melody but on top of that it does have very sophisticated um, uses of an orchestra which I think is really impressive you know what this kind of reminds me of actually this Final Fantasy Tactics track reminds me a little bit of some of the music from Star Fox 64 actually. interesting I just feel like the how authentic use of an orchestra with um, very obvious sort of MIDI samples. Yeah, I know that Final Fantasy Tactics is is absolutely heralded as one of the, one of a lot of people's favorite soundtracks from this series. I know Hitoshi Sakimoto is people just can't get enough of the guy. He's very talented. I agree. Uh, it's cool we got to play a couple of his. We also played that uh, Ogre Battle 64. That was the soundtrack he worked on. So this is kind of kind of the dueling soundtracks of those um, of those systems. Maybe let's take a listen to a game called Saiken Denetsu 3. This was released only in Japan for the Super Famicom. Composed once again by Hiroki Kakuda, the composer from Secret of Mana. Let's take a listen to Nuclear Fusion.
interesting piece of music here. This is Nuclear Fusion from Saiken Denetsu 3, composed by Hiroki Kakuda. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, some interesting rhythmic things going on here. Uh, I really like that sort of arpeggio on the xylophone there. I think that's a... <laughs> interesting choice but again it's another great way to utilize orchestral instruments surprising in choice of a drum sample that he went with on this one right not necessarily what i would think of as orchestral in nature more kind of michael jackson in nature right. well again what's cool is like with video games you're able to have this sort of blended eclectic yes. use of Once sounds again. and it just sort of fits together and you're not really questioning it that's a great part that part's one of the most catchy of this piece cool we're going to move on to Ease Origin. Oh my gosh, I love this soundtrack. This was composed by Miko Ishikawa, Hayato Sonata, Takahiro Unasuga, and Ryo Takashida. Let's take a listen to one of our favorite tracks um, from this entire series. This is Genesis Beyond the Beginning. <laughs> rock or does this rock holy smokes this is genesis beyond the beginning from ease origin composed by falcom sound team jdk yeah i mean this is absolutely fantastic and something that i mentioned a few weeks ago when we talked about the use of recorded music is it's so important to have composers who understand the medium yeah. and that's exactly what you're getting here this entire track, if you were to break it down into its musical parts of a counter melody, melody, and chords, it would totally work on any any system. Yeah, it would work on NES, it would mm -hmm. work on Genesis, Super Nintendo. You know, in fact, it sounds like something right out of uh, Street Fighter 2. It really yeah. reminds me of that type of melodic in chord structure. There's some Castlevania influence I hear in that B section. Definitely. Obviously, a lot of ease, you know, early ease influence as well. Right, but that's what I think is so great, is that it really makes it its own piece of music by the instrument choices. One of the reasons this is my one of my favorite ease tracks of all time is that um, it has this really exciting modern rock instrumentation with a real violinist, real guitar, which is great. The production is great. The tempo is really rocking and smoking. Everything about that is very exciting. In addition to that, absolutely excellent melody on that solo violin. Beautiful melody, really interesting chords, interesting offbeats that bing, 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 with the choir. It's just everything about this is exciting and entertaining. It just succeeds on multiple levels. We're going to move on to Heroes of Mana. There's another Mana game. This came out for the DS and was composed by Yoko Shimomura. Let's take a listen to a track called And Thus Fate Becomes Cruel from Heroes of Mana. Thank you. 
You're listening to And Thus Fate Becomes Cruel from Heroes of Mana, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Once again, some very interesting meter stuff. I mean, I feel like a lot of these tracks we're playing today have some really out there meter changes. This, uh, The main section is in 5-4, and then some of it's in 6, some of it's in 4. Really interesting. Again, uh, Yoko Shimomura is one of the best RPG composers of all time. I mean, no matter what she's trying to accomplish, what type of emotion, she absolutely nails it. And it still feels at home in 8 and 16-bit generations. But again, you're hearing it with better sounding samples. Yeah. I mean, she really absolutely strikes me is the type of composer who really takes her work seriously and works tirelessly to capture the spirit of whatever series and whatever project she's working working on yeah. and um unwillingly obviously of course she's going to bring her own melodic and musical flares to the table but i feel like other than most other composers even some of my favorites you know it really feels like it's less about her and it's more about the product that she's working towards and it's just so admirable yeah and what's so cool is this really feels like quintessential video game music, something like Street Fighter, Ease, Castlevania. It's incredibly catchy, very rhythmically rocking, but not all of her music sounds like this. It's cool that she's able to put this hat back on and say, oh yeah, this piece, this is what it needs, but she it's not like she's always writing Street Fighter kind of music, yeah. you know? its She's capable of composing, as in many great composers are, a wide variety of genres. I just think it's so cool that when she does don this hat once again, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. One of the most classic classic game composers of all time doing whenever she does this thing it's just such a joy to listen to yeah it's great it's a nice reminder we're going to move on to destiny of an emperor for the nes one thing really cool about this soundtrack is this was composed by a gentleman by the name of Hiroshigi Tanamura. And if you're kind of a video game music nerd, you might be aware that that was the guy who composed DuckTales, one of the most legendary soundtracks on the NES, and one of Will's personal favorite soundtracks. So I think Will should get a kick out of this track. This is oh, history. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> this is history from Destiny of an Emperor. <laughs> so cool you're listening to history from destiny of an emperor composed by hiroshigi tanamura one of the few other soundtracks that he worked on uh actually fun fact uh next show and tell i call dibs i'm gonna play another track from the soundtrack that sounds right out of ducktales there's there's this one piece of music that really feels like a lost ducktales track uh this one you know doesn't sound that much like that game but you can hear some similarities in compositional style well i think the main thing that i hear is the way that he utilizes the nes some of the little musical effects that he does to his melodies um the little quick grace notes and i think you know Each composer has their own little flair in their own way of using the hardware, both musically and as far as the technicals, you know? I think it's something that he really likes to do is have those... He sure does. He loves that. Yeah. Well, this is a really good piece of music from a series. I think there's a couple of these games on the NES. I believe the second one, I'm not sure if he worked on the second one, but he definitely worked on this one. Some good music here. We're going to go back to Yoko Shimomura with Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. One of her first forays into kind of the idea of crossing over a couple different companies in uh, in series. You know, you have Mario crossed over with Square, so they actually are some Final Fantasy pieces of music in this game, which is interesting. But yeah, original soundtrack by Shimomura. We're going to play a track called Beware of the Forest Mushrooms, one of the most unique pieces of music in this entire game. Enjoy.
That is exquisite. This is Beware the Forest Mushrooms from Super Mario RPG, composed by the one and only Yoko Shimomura, ladies and gentlemen. So awesome. Such a stately melody, something that really would sound good on piano. Um, what's so cool is those really quick ornamentations. Very classical, very confident. Uh, really interesting piece of music that doesn't sound like most of the tracks in this game. I know for a while, Will kind of forgot that this was from Mario It just RPG. sounds so much like Final Fantasy. It yeah. really sounds like Nobu Uematsu. It really does. Just as far as the unique chord choices and just such a con- in such a constantly exciting melody with so much classical influence. I think that's the thing. is a lot of Final Fantasy music. The melody has a lot of classical influence, but as far as the chords, it's sort of just like completely servicing the melody where I feel like in a lot of video games, it's more sort of the melody servicing the chords. Such a great piece of music. Gosh, I love that. I could listen to that all day. But sadly, we have to move on to our last track of the day. Oh, that is kind of sad. This is from Wild Arms. This was composed by Machiko Naruke. This came out for the PS1. Awesome series, great music. It's a Western-themed RPG series, so a lot of the music, I touched on this earlier, is very Western-driven, a lot of Morricone influence. Let's take a listen to a really cool track called Into the Wilderness from Wild Arms. so much guys for joining us today on our look into some of the best rpg music this is kind of a nice eclectic mix of all kinds of rpgs from old from 8-bit 16-bit all the way to modern games so it was so much fun for us to prepare and to share this music with you guys hopefully there's some classics that you really enjoyed maybe some tracks you weren't expecting obviously there's so many more games we could have featured and maybe we'll have another rpg episode in the future i think what's so great is there's so many wonderful rpg soundtracks and we've already really touched on so many of the greats (laughs) because we've been doing this podcast for quite a while now and you know we've had our final fantasy episode And I think sort of the intention behind today's episode was just to look at that genre of video games on a broader scale and sort of see why that type of gameplay elicits uh, such classic, um, usually more emotionally centered music. I think one of the things, if you're just talking about the numbers game, the number of tracks that these composers have to compose. I mean, for something even back in the days of like Chrono Trigger, there's like a hundred pieces of music in that game. Oh yeah. You know, as opposed to something like Mario, Mario World, where there's not nearly as many. So I think there's just so much more room in um, need for these composers to make you know a ton of really high quality emotional pieces of music and that's what happens so it's really cool we got to share this with you guys thanks so much for joining us once again my name is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will brueggemann i hope you guys have noticed we're actually trying out some brand new microphones today on the podcast so Hopefully you can tell. Maybe it sounds a little bit crisper. Hopefully Absolutely. you can feel like you're intimate, you know, right here with <laughs> us in the room while we're recording this. We sure feel that. We feel like you guys are right here with us. So thanks <laughs> so much. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Peace out, guys. <laughs> <laughs>